All right. So, okay, so what are we talking about? Hello, everyone. Welcome to our final installment of Still Processing. Under this series, we yes. might resurrect might this continue. thing in another difficult series in the future. <laughs> but we are—we uh, just finished yesterday, Sunday, uh, our Unseen Realm series that that was eight weeks long and it was really formative for our church and really fun, which is always a thing I like to do. Like, what's yeah. what's add fun to the list yeah. of things? Um, but yeah, it, it ended. So I, I think the thing I'm processing is just like the the highlights of this last eight weeks mm-hmm. um, and some and some like challenging things the last eight weeks, like mm-hmm. just where the church has been. So that's kind of what I've been processing. So maybe I should just throw that out to the group. Like, how are you all thinking about uh, this this last eight weeks in our in life of our church? Yeah, I feel like the kind of the state of our church has been like a moment of being like, oh, like a kind of deeper revelation to being like, oh, I wonder if that could be the thing that I experienced. Or the unseen realm, there's like this other part of like either their brain or maybe it like awakened imagination in a way and they're just kind of like, oh, and then it started this journey for them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a a good gateway that's like mm-hmm. curiosity um, is driving that. So I feel like there's a lot more questions that people are asking, which I think is good for their journey of faith. Um, for that, so yeah, that whole thing that we said at the I said at the very first sermon on the reenchantment, mm-hmm. like that was like one of my hopes was kind of reenchantment, and I yes. feel like that happened. Yeah, um, with a lot of people that I talked to. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what do you do with a sermon series that people weren't asking for? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, uh, and now they're like, I can't not listen to this. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. it wasn't yeah. like the the kind of sermon series that was really directed at like the most immediate felt need mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the populace. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and so th- it started out with that, which is like, what's going on here? You know, yeah. it seemed like yeah. the first two sermons were sort of like, what is this? And totally. then it started to make sense. And then it really landed really well yes. and p- applicable yeah. and relevant and then inspiring. Like, uh, it mm-hmm. went, it went from a new theological concept for almost all of our congregation or new biblical, a new angle on biblical study, yeah. you know, yep. to sort of like, um, understanding it, wrapping our heads around it. And mm-hmm. the last three Sundays have been really applicable and powerful and motivating. And, uh, so I'm, I'm really happy about how it turned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, somebody was asking me yesterday after church, like it was cool how the last four kind of all ended the series. It took us from this like very ab- not, not abstract, but this like new sort of category for mm-hmm. things that so we didn't have this, like, um, this category, we didn't have the, the outlets for the these plugs sure. and then you get them and then it, it takes off. And so I was telling them like, uh, I had none of that planned. So yeah. I just had four <laughs> weeks. That's I, yeah. I can't plan a series. Oh, this is originally a four week sermon series. No, this, uh, yes, this was originally yes. a four week and that added like, four more weeks yeah, on like, it. I can't do Great. it. Yeah. I can't do it in four weeks. Uh-huh. And then we added four more weeks on it, but the four, the last four weeks were just big gaping question marks. Like, I don't know what I was going to teach oh, well. yeah. until like the week before going, <laughs> I have all this stuff that I've studied. I don't know where I'm going to take this. And so then week after week, like, oh, we're going to go here. And the next week, I'm going to go here. On the next week, I'm going to go here. And then ending it on the church like we did yesterday was not in the plan, but it was like divinely like so, I wouldn't want to end it any other way. Like seeing, especially Ephesians, like 
mm-hmm. what Paul does when he talks about the church, like mm-hmm. how church is the answer to all this cosmic stuff. You know what's mm-hmm. cool about something that I feel like God was kind of doing even in the room on Sunday is that people were applauding the reading of scripture. Did you, yeah. did you sort of oh, pick yeah. up on that? Yeah. Well, we're just reading through chunks of Ephesians and people were like, this, the gal is just reading Ephesians 6 and people were like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they <laughs> yeah. were just stoked. So Which I cool. think it enchanted people to actually like read scripture, the importance of reading it and also seeing themselves in that story and seeing where you're going. Yeah, but Sarah yeah. was a great reader. She is phenomenal. <laughs> she, she was, was an amazing. such a good yeah. reader. Oh, and so we chose yeah. parts of Ephesians where the, the logic tied in. And yes. sometimes Paul goes into this weird logic and you don't know where he's going. Huh. And you're like, where is he going? And then it lands. So mm-hmm. you took off all the weird tangent stuff, the like the theological tangents and just add the here and then there and then here yeah. and then there oh, and yeah. then this. Mm-hmm. I think when you saw that, like, Oh my, I just read the whole book. I get the whole book now, that sort of thing. That was cool. So, which was really fun. And it was teed up by the testimony. Uh, Somebody shared their testimony on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Our congregant, Mikhail, um, just shared her experience that I'm sure we're going to listen to in a clip. And um, it was phenomenal of like life-changing experience from the series. So. Yeah. Let's throw that right now, because I think when we talk about Looking back, mm-hmm. we've heard several stories. This one was a really powerful yes. story just because it was yeah. it was like immediate. It like happened during the series. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. So all that stuff we were we we would love for you to share uh, your story. And she she obliged. She said, Cool. So here is that story now. As you guys know, we've been in a series of the unseen realm and we met Mikael a few weeks ago, and I really wanted to share with our church her story of how God's been moving. So really quickly, how about you give us a very quick summary of a backstory um, of how you got here. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, my name's Mikael and um, moved to the Bay about two years ago. I'm an architect, moved here for work like most people out here. And yeah, I found myself um, living out here in the, the San Francisco area. And ultimately I was an absolute mess when I moved here. Um, I was just drowning internally with depression, suicide, anxiety, just my whole life revolved around coping. Um, You know, it really was just about how could I relieve myself from the pain of living. And it's so crazy how so many of us have these silent internal battles that we're struggling with. And, you know, I was just at the end of my rope, um, ready to kill myself every single day. Um, that, that was just my life, and you know, it didn't matter what I did. I was always wanting to be in my bed unconscious, just really didn't matter. I completely pushed my family away, um, who really loved me, and you know, I just didn't realize how much of what I was going through was spiritual. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's, that's how it started, that's all I can say. <laughs> yes. So um, tell us actually how you got to what you experienced from this series and how you found yourself here in our building. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, earlier this year, um, you know, it, it's so crazy that I'm up here. I, I literally couldn't even sit through a church service. The amount of times I would just get up and leave. Um, you know, I grew up Christian, so it wasn't like I didn't know God, but I was just so hurt by my relationship with God, my family. I couldn't believe in this God that could invalidate my pain every day. I just completely gave up. You know, I, it just felt like this betrayal inside. And um, But, you know, my brother, thank God for some people who just continue to check in on you. Even when you push them away over and over again, he was like, you know what, try. Just try one more time. And, you know, just being here, this was it. If this didn't work, I was done. I was going to kill myself for sure. 
Um, and you know, thank God for the boldness of this church, um, the boldness of friendships. Um, I befriended a girl named Stephanie, and um, go figure, beginning of September, Pastor Dave started a series called The Unseen Realm. And, you know, my friend, I'm just so thankful for her boldness. Um, she decided to open up and be like, hey girl, I really think what you're dealing with is demonic. And I'm just so thankful that she had the boldness to do it. And, you know, the message of The Unseen Realm really just opened up this opportunity where I started questioning, like, what's going on? And I watched this, um, she shared this video of deliverance with me and, it was the first time I started to realize that maybe this isn't me. I'm not this defective, unlovable, disgusting human being who has no right to live. And you know, that's what I believed. And all of a sudden it really started to click that maybe there's something going on here that's, you know, I'm not fighting myself, I'm fighting something else. So. Yes, yes, we can celebrate that. I think from your little ex like experience that you just shared, what else is there something that you've been learning currently? Because we know that this is a journey with God. You experience deliverance here, but also it's a journey. So what could you tell for a word of encouragement or where you're at with yeah. God currently? Yeah, so I mean, just that moment, you know, identifying that, you know, more than anything, the enemy is at work. And it's so crazy how subtle he is. I think... Like I was, I grew up Christian. I wasn't one of those things where like, oh, I was, you know, gone, went to a haunted house. Like this was just me in isolation, listening to voices. And I'm telling you, like, I don't have to question if the unseen realm is, is real. It's so subtle. These things that you think are normal, they are not of God. Um, but you know what I really can't question? The power of the name of Jesus. I cannot question the power of the name of Jesus. It will fix the unfixable. It will repair the unrepairable. I, I was completely, didn't talk to my family for a year and they loved me, restored my relationship. Um, just things that I really can't even put words to. Uh, just, you know, not living in my head. And, you know, I'll never forget the moment that I, you know, felt joy. Something I, I almost thought was foreign. And, you know, these are the things that only God can bring. Um, you know, you, I'm telling you, do not let the enemy rob you from your life, your family, your mind, and most certainly your future. So that's yes. all I can say. Let's thank Mikael. Thank you so much. Thank you. She's amazing. That is just <laughs> so amazing good. to replay that. <laughs> yeah. She was preaching. She was. And it's so crazy. I was crazy. sitting there going, I don't need to go up. Yeah. What am I doing yeah. here? Dave who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just closing yeah. prayer. She just had, I mean, there was just so many details. We were talking about this. There's so many details about someone's testimony that how yeah. do you give a synopsis of the life-changing experience? When, in like five minutes. In five minutes or less. And... Um, just the joy that she experienced. I'm like, you can't help. That's why it's just so powerful to hear people's testimonies and for our church to hear that. And the standing ovation, I almost cried at the end. Yeah. They're just cheering for her. So it was just really, really beautiful. So, yeah, I remember meeting her uh, maybe four weeks into the series. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then she just grabbed me and said, started sharing this thing. And so Ash talks to her friend Stephanie pretty yeah. much all, yeah. all uh, on Sundays after church. And then um, Mikhail was next to her and she started just talking about her testimony and she would share this. I'm like, this isn't real. This isn't real. Yeah. Like there's no way this is real. Yeah. And, um, and she was just like, uh, th this, th the last four weeks I've been like legitimately delivered. This is real. She was mm -hmm. just almost like so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is real. <laughs> and then she said, 
and I want to tell the world. I'm like, would you just tell the congregation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yes, I'll do it. And yes. so then I'm like, we got to have her yeah. testimony yeah. like on a Sunday. But I think what was so cool is when she was talking, I mean, of course you have to, you have to caveat all this stuff, but she had sought out so much help. Yes. Like psychiatric help, yep. physical doctor help. Mm -hmm. And she's an architect, her friend that brought her is a doctor. So it's not like, it's not like she's like, you know, that stuff's not real. It's, she knows it is and she's done it all, but it, yeah. there was something deeper yes. that, that was, was there. Yep. Um, and we've talked about this throughout the series. Yeah. And then that thing that was deeper, there was acknowledgement, confession, realignment to mm -hmm. the way. I think we talked about this. Uh, Father, um, uh, the guy who did um, that, the Exorcist, the Exorcist Files, Father something, Father Martins. Martins. He yeah. would. He said, you know, all exorcism is is that someone who is under oppression or demonization has forged a a foul, wrong relationship with the with with the the devil, mm -hmm. and your job is to introduce them to Jesus, start a new relationship with them with Jesus, and then break off that old relationship. Yeah. That's all exorcism is. It's like, mm -hmm. go to Jesus, new relationship with Jesus, let Jesus handle this old relationship and break off that yeah. old relationship. And when you see it, when you put it that way, it makes it way less spooky, yes. way, le way less yeah. like, in the name of Jesus, I, yeah. I have the thing and yeah. I have the oil and I have the relics and all this other stuff. <laughs> it's like relics. all about like establishing a relationship with Jesus. Yes. And that's what happened with with Mikhail. She had mm -hmm. she had um, been under so much like tyrannical lies that she had forged this relationship mm -hmm. that kind of just festered. You know, okay. she said that. I thought that was so uh, graphic when she's like, "I wanted to be unconscious in my bed." I yeah. think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Yes. I, I, there were seasons in my life where I yeah. can relate to that. Like, she I just like, want to be unconscious up in and my bed every day. I want to know when I when I can go back to being unconscious. Yes, and I just I'm want like, whether oh. no matter what I have to drink or take or whatever, yeah. I just want to be in my bed unconscious. And I I, I know that feeling. I I know that landed in the room. Like, how many people have have yeah. felt that way? Yeah. And to see that and to see the joy that she has yes. now, and um. And even praying with her after church yeah. going, I just want to pray for protection yeah. for you and your life. Cause this is, this is like, you know, game on like warfare. You know, yes. you just like yeah. poke, poke the bear, so to yeah. speak. Will you guys explain the process of her friend saying, um, mm -hmm. I think you have something spiritual that's more complex yeah. than, or, or deeper or different than the other things you might have gotten checked out. And then she, did she go through sort of a process with, did, did the deliverance thing take a process with her? that she was walked through? I don't know the specific details. I think for me, it was more about her testimony of her friends and her family who are consistently trying to reach her. And it was like, because of her friends and her brother that were like, just try one more time to go to church. Just okay. try one more time. And I think it was a kind of this conservative community effort that, and the Lord to say like, I think what you're in bondage to is not necessarily about just about anxiety. Oh, great. I was wondering if someone named that, that with her yeah. or in a meeting. I think or... it's her friends who basically showed her the video that was like, hey, I think it might be this and this maybe deliverance is possible. Oh, because she said that. she watched a video from her friend. Yeah. And was yes. this, I wonder what that video was. But yeah. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just showed me the power. I mean, you kind of landed on this too, of like of the church through the series and processing like the power of the church, the mm -hmm. ability to do that. And yeah. from someone's testimony, I'm like, you can't, that's amazing. You're like watching Jesus work, like getting a view of that mm -hmm. into someone's life. I yeah. just think there's something so powerful to 
in the process of deliverance yep. or you have sort of long-term hangups and you're not sure if they're a mix of body and, yeah. and uh, spiritual or whatever, um, to, to at some point have someone outside of you mm-hmm. naming who knows you, maybe here's your story, here's the way you describe what's going on, to name some things that might be powerful yep. over your life and then yeah. to talk about how the good news about Jesus, life with Jesus, the yeah. power of, of, of Christ like how it addresses those things specifically. I think there's a unique kind of deliverance that can happen through that. Like how do I believe the gospel into this particular issue? Not just a vague thing, you know, like what's anxiety? What's the thing, what's the anxiety under the anxiety? Mm -hmm. What's the, what's the thing that's happened to me, trauma Mm -hmm. that is related to it? What's the personal sin that I've partnered with? Mm -hmm. um, You know, that, that is related to the anxiety, like naming those things and, and talking about how Jesus affects those things in our belief of the gospel is just a powerful process that, it sounds like she was sort of describing that, but again, it's a five-minute testimony. So I was yeah, curious what the hard. what the specifics are behind that part. But yeah. I think we've all had something like that in the in the deliverance ministry space, where you're meeting with someone, naming those things, renouncing the power that they have over your life, and then believing in Jesus in a new way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you were a Christian before, I think that's like that deliverance process mm-hmm. is is powerful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I love the um, I love that whole process. I love how. Uh, testimonies like that could show the power of, of, of like dark to light. Mm-hmm. Like it, the contrast is so mm-hmm. apparent. Like mm-hmm. I was this and now I'm this. I was blind. Now I can see I was lost. Now I'm found. It's like that drastic. And it happened mm-hmm. over like, f- you know, five weeks or six yeah. weeks, however long it's crazy. It is crazy. And I think some people need to hear that that's, it's possible. Like yes. that kind of thing is possible. Yeah. God, you know, God, God uses all different kinds of ways to deliver people. And it just depends on where the person's at. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, but the, the power is there, like the power of God is there to change people. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that was really encouraging. Can I ask a quick question? How many times in your life do you feel like you've had something like this happen where God did a, a work that was profound and somewhat rapid? Cause I feel like most people don't change a lot at a lot of different seasons, but it is weird for me. I've met a few congregants or even just like people who mm-hmm. sort of say that I'm a Christian, but have not had that experience at all. And I'm one, I don't want to label my experience or, or sort of like mm-hmm. slap my experience on someone else, but I, I've only really had two seasons like that where it was like... In your own life? or other In my people? own life. Oh, they yeah, both yeah. were mm-hmm. accompanied with tears. Mm-hmm. It was evident God was doing something amazing. And it was just two different seasons of life where I was like, I can't believe the person I was before. When I look at pictures of myself oh, yeah. before, I go like... Yeah. That, yeah. that guy didn't even know it was coming, you know, yeah. and God just did something so special. Yeah. But it doesn't happen every every year, you know. Yeah. But totally. it is sort of crazy just to illustrate the fact that, you know, you said that people need to know that it can happen. Yeah. It's only happened twice in my life, you know. Yes. I, I think yeah. I always, always um, whenever we're talking about change and I'm meeting with people, I'm like, you know, you only hear uh, Moses meeting with God a few times in his life and he mm-hmm. lived a very long life. Mm-hmm. And you only hear a, f- a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was like an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think the thing with David was there. I mean, the cultivation was there. The meeting with God was there, but the dramatic like, bam, was yeah. not there every single day. Yeah. And some people are after the every single day thing. Sure. And it's like the cultivation. And then sometimes, you know, you you have this moment like like she had, like you've had, like I've had. Yeah. And we have this moment. And it's not it's not all the time. Mm-hmm. But I ha- uh, to answer your question, I don't know percentages, but um, I, I see, I see a lot of people when I meet with them. Uh, there's it's more of a 
a long journey. I f- mm-hmm. a, a long journey. That's mm-hmm. usually the 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 norm is a long journey. Uh, the abnormal thing is like a like a bam, just like in your face sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't it be an expectation? I mean, it, I relate this to your sermon last week, which we didn't do a podcast for, but how God will often take you the long way around. That's how I kind of feel like having experiences with God are like that. But it made me think of like, as a kid, do you remember having like growing pains, waking up in the middle of the night, having growing pains? Yeah, Junie Junie is having them right now. Oh my gosh, they hurt so bad. So bad, I remember my legs hurting so bad. But it was, it's for a short moment where you're like, it's not, I mean, it's good because you're growing, your bones are growing, they need to grow, but you don't instantly become, boom, you're five feet tall, like kind of thing. And so I always think about my life with God to be like slow and steady. There are moments where you might wake up being like, oh, I have a a growth spurt. You know, and then you're like, but then we're de- we're never done growing, obviously, and with Jesus. But <laughs> our bodies might be growing. Yes. Stop growing. Mine stop growing at five two. So you know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to grow to six feet tall. Did but, you? Oh my gosh, yes, I wanted to grow to six feet tall. You did totally. Yeah, you always want what you can't have. Like, I was like, I want to huh. be so tall. Yes. Anyways, um, but it was like the slow and steady work. So I've had very minimal times with God like that, but I have seen people be delivered and it was still just impactful to me watching oh, people. Yeah. Can I tell you a random yes, story please. about it? You're like I, cried at a, yeah. I cried I cried at a David Crowder concert, but I wanted okay. to make sure every, you know who David Crowder is like yes. early two thousands worship music. Gosh. But I, as soon as I got done with the concert I wanted to make sure that it wasn't because of David Crowder because I didn't even like his music. <laughs> Oh my God, I, confession time. So it's funny, I was in this Hope thing. Hope he's not and, listening to this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Um, so anyways, so what'd just, you, so what'd I, you I make went, up? I, I had just got sort of mentored. Anyways, I don't need to tell the whole story. There was just a funny <laughs> anecdote that like God was doing something really special in my heart. Oh, and then, gosh. and I was like, it was kind of happening before the concert started. And then like probably three quarters of the way through, like jars of clay happened. I took a nap and then I woke up for David Crowder and then... Wait, time out. It was just like a festival? Like it was like a thing? Christian thing, but it was... Uh, yeah, yeah, but, what but my was point the was that it was yeah. like... God was already doing during jars of clay? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was multiple. <laughs> Anyways, it was just funny that it was... God did something at, in my heart so powerful. It's the wow. reason I got into ministry and wow. it happened before, during, and after this concert. But then people were like, man, you really love jars of clay or <laughs> David Crowder. Crowder. And I was like, <laughs> no, it wasn't. I promise it wasn't. So anyways. That God is, can use are anything. you just trying to go on record right now to yeah. say still? It like, wasn't yeah. It sounds like you're not convinced yet. Yeah. <laughs> just a random podcast anecdote. But yeah, God does these things. I mean, I, I think it is, yes. it's like available to us, uh, not promised to us. And, and it's cool. It's cool to see a congregant. God did something special yeah. in our life. It was powerful. Or do you think that stuff happens, but we just need to learn how to attune to look for it? See, that's another, that's the other side. Yeah. Because it's I like think it, happens it happens in small ways all the, all time, the time. But we're just never, our but, eyes aren't. But I'm not minimizing long term sanctification no. either. Yeah. But, it, but I, I think all of us have the angst when you talk to someone who's a Christian and when you ask them about their story, yeah. they mostly tell you a story about how their parents are Christian or they come from a Christian family and it sort of ends up being the red flag of like, this is a person who probably doesn't know Jesus, but thinks they do. And that's like a really difficult place to be stuck yes. as an individual because yeah. then you don't get the benefits of knowing Jesus, but yeah. then you ha- you give yourself the label and th- those are hard. Yeah. It's yeah. it's always so hard because you meet people who, yeah. who grew up in the church and they have that testimony, but they're, uh, th- they share that from like, I come from this home and this is when uh, you see their development Mm-hmm. And their depth in Christ, and it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then, but you almost see a, a small percentage of those. Mm-hmm. The the I mean, as a pastor, 
Well, yeah. maybe it was our, where I we lived too, San Francisco. Usually you move away to go like, I'm leaving this country. I'm <laughs> yeah. leaving this that city I was from, you know, my yeah. pa- parents were pastors or Good Christians point. and yeah. I'm moving to San Francisco. But I overwhelmingly hear the, st- the opposite, you know, like I grew up in a Christian home and well, whatever, you know, that sort of thing. That's true. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, I hope my kids don't turn out to be that way. Mm-hmm. But then you hear the stories of people that are, it's almost like generational wealth. It's like yeah. people that inherit wealth, they, it, this, there's something about it that it's not theirs mm-hmm. and it was inherited and they just kind of live off of it and mm-hmm. they don't know what to do with it. And they just kind of like, uh. and the, the stories of generational wealth are not like, um, a majority of them aren't pretty. They're mm-hmm. just really bad stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then generational Christianity can f- be like that as well, where they pass it on and pass it on and then it just kind of gets blah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what do you, well, this is just kind of like what my family does versus someone who really encounters Christ, which I think is the hope is that every, yeah. this is what I, you know, I pray for my children that they, mm-hmm. that Christ would pursue them and they would have an yeah. encounter with God. Um, mm-hmm. And it, some of it scares me a little bit. Like mm-hmm. uh, the, the people, a lot of people that I meet that are uh, parents were Christian, they're just kind of like, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. it's, you know, whatever. They just need to to meet Christ himself. So I don't know how we got to this topic, I, but I took okay. us on two tangents. I in was a row. like, yeah. so my bad. I, with that. <laughs> This is what the people want, but yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) confessions from Mike. (laughs) Yeah. I, but I, 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 but I also see, I just, I need to end that too, by saying, I also have several people in my life that they come from like three generations of, of faithful Christ following Mm -hmm. families. Mm -hmm. And they, it's almost unfair, like how like godly they are because they just have had generations of it. I just look, I'm like, gosh, I want my kids to turn out like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally. So I always, like whenever I meet a PK on Sunday, like, yeah. oh yeah. And they're like, they look legit. They look like yeah. l- like legitimately excited about Jesus and yeah, the church. Jesus, I'm yeah. like, grab them. Like, how did you do yeah. it? How did you, you know? tell like, me? Tell me yeah. what your parents did. 100%. I mean, it's kind of well, some of the stories that you shared in your last sermon were like the potential for something really beautiful is like the generational, like having the deep roots of that, yeah, yeah. right? And then you have some that are like the potential that could be really, really damaging. And so it's kind of like, how do you reconcile having those dynamics. So, yeah, I think also probably to end, I'd say the thing I'm still sitting with is like, I don't often teach on the church because sometimes that subject is kind of boring because it's like teaching. If I just sat my kids down and talked about family, they're like, what do you like? You're in it. So when you're talking about the thing you're in, it's kind of, it, it can be kind of not compelling, you know? Um, it's also very like, of course you would say that you're a pastor. This exactly. Is yeah. But then every so often, if I can have a unique angle on it, like this Sunday, I felt like a unique mm-hmm. angle on teaching on the church, how much I like, I just love the church. I just love talking yeah. about the church. I love it, but I, I love it to where I can never express how much I love it without people just glazing over like, yeah. well, you know, like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. The church. But I felt like even this like, um, unseen realm, like cosmic fusion sort of way into talking about the church and what the church needs to be in the world and how Jesus sets the church up, even in all its brokenness, which mm-hmm. probably is why it's so broken because yeah. the I think the spiritual forces of evil in the unseen realm know, know the beauty of the church. You know and the potential want, yeah, and the power exactly. behind that. Yeah. So that was, it was really fun for me to end on mm-hmm. like that, the idea of, of like, if, if, if we start taking seriously what this is, mm-hmm. what the church is and what it could be and what Jesus saves us for, um, I think my hope was in the series at the end to reframe people's identity mm-hmm. and then reframe like our collective like um, 
mission or call or vocation, however you want to frame it, mm-hmm. like that, like this is who I am in this family and this is what our place is in the world mm-hmm. is kind of the idea of why we did this series. I might've said that early on, but that's kind of like was the hope of taking us through that to land. Like this is who we are in the world, in the city and in the world. Mm-hmm. A point that you made at the end of the sermon that was sort of fresh for me was the just the concept that Jesus is on the offense and God mm-hmm. is working in the world and our job is to is like most of the Ephesians six armor of God is like defensive and yeah and um, even the sword is sort of you know it's not meant to be implied that the it's not a brave heart sword yeah and the mission of God like depends on you God's not biting his fingernails wondering worrying if if his kingdom's gonna you know enter into the world and so our job is to stand and be defensive and to live out the the life with Christ and life in the kingdom but the standing is such a it's a biblical imagery. We stand in the judgment because of what Christ has done for us. We stand firm mm-hmm. on the foundation of Christ. Um, so the job of the church is to stand. That sort of hit me with fresh, fresh newness on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, just like it's so... Um, it, it gives me a little bit more energy to know that Jesus is the one advancing his kingdom. He's the one advancing his church. He's the one who's building his church. Mm-hmm. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. And then it's his church. And that's always brought me as a pastor comfort. Like this is his church. He's the one that advances this church. I have a role to play. And a lot of that role is to, to stand in faithfulness and making sure that that's like the thing I think about the most, like faithful to Jesus and the church and my family and my wife, like the, the, the standing, mm-hmm. which is, that's the hardest thing to do. You know, it's really easy to like, you know, you have people that, that think more in terms of advancing something where they can give themselves some freedom to have secret sin in their life because they're like, I'm doing all this good for God. And so I'll have my own like Uh stuff on the side. And, Hmm. and, and you hear this all the time with people who um, do horrific things. And I think that mentality is more of like, I advance so the kingdom so far I can, I can actually enjoy this, Mm -hmm. this like side stuff versus Jesus advances the church. Your job is to be faithful. Mm-hmm. Like that, you're, you're like faithful to your spouse, faithful to your church, faithful to Christ. That's like the job. That's the, that's the, that's the call to stand. And then Jesus called us to advance this thing. Mm-hmm. Especially in San Francisco, yeah. you know, with yeah. the churn rate, with the way people think about their life plans, you know, yeah. the concept of like long-term piety and faithfulness as a Christian yeah. in a place is yeah. so significant. It's so countercultural. Yeah. It's so, um, yeah, it's so like prophetic, even in the action of just staying, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. in the same way that like Christ remained faithful mm-hmm. on the cross for us, you know, like like us just maintaining in a place. Yeah. At, at knowing Christ and staying is mm-hmm. so prophetic, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it puts us more at a position of like, I think easily you're like, instead of doing things for God, rather just assuming like it's us who's going to do the things. Like we're going to stand and and people who have like, you were telling stories about like people who have like kind of secret sin where they're like, I have to advance all these things. I'm doing this for the kingdom. Um, and you're like, but that's putting us in a position that's higher than God. And so I feel like I'm still processing the power that is the vision of the church where it's like anytime there's like hostility or walls or things that are causing division or chaos, that picture of the church is kind of this like anchor for me that's like, Am I promoting more division or am I really standing like I should in the church Mm -hmm. to cause unity? And the vision for unity was not boring at all. I was like, the oneness, what God wants to do is, I feel like very fresh for people. I feel like 
I don't know how many people have actually heard that vision for what the church is created to do. Is that is about the oneness and unity. So I feel like that was kind of another aha moment. I was like, people like, oh, okay, wow. I had no idea. I thought it was just a place I go to on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. I think, (laughs) you know, as I, as we ended this series in a, um, uh, David McKinney, our pastor of uh, prayer ministry, mm-hmm. get it, d- gave a call to respond that mm-hmm. was like uh, a call uh, towards perseverance. Like yeah. you need perseverance to stand and you feel exhausted yes. and beat up and come forward. And and so, I mean, ma- a massive amount of people came forward, just yeah. so many people. And they're all in the front and then just deputizing the church, yes. like the church then prays. Yep. And the way that this series ended was that like you had, you know, I don't know, a hundred people up front and you had a hundred congregants that just stand up and go to the front and start praying for people. And I just got to see that and going, this is, gosh, the church is so beautiful when it does this sort of thing. Like when it, and I, the, the, the thing in the back of my head, if I was honest, is like, but the church in the world, the church needs to be out there doing that where most of honestly, the, the epistles of the new Testament are like Mm -hmm. how the church, um, cares for the church yes and then its love is known by yes it's known by its love yeah. so you have to be able to have this kind of community and you mm-hmm. bring people into it yeah which is partly one of my things that I said this yesterday like well, I love when I we, we when we were able to take the church other places yeah. you take the church to the opera house you take the church to this other venue and you're able to to expose people mm-hmm. to the beauty of Jesus community that's really fun to me. That's really, really yeah. fun. And I think that that is kind of like, um, they will know you by your love for one another. Yes. That Jesus didn't say, they will know you by your love for the world, but for your love for one another. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there, and I, that's not a popular thing, but Jesus did say that. Yeah. And there's something about when people are exposed to the church, being the church and loving and in unity, that is just mm-hmm. like, it's so powerful. People are like, I, this is so, this is so evocative. This is so... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, disorienting. I don't know what to do with this kind of community, like hundreds of people doing this. Yeah. Like, So yeah. it ended for me on like, it wasn't, it was just that in the room, seeing people pray for each other, mm-hmm. uh, seeing people walk up to other people praying. And then um, that that thing was just really beautiful. Yeah. It was so mm-hmm. rad. So cool. All right. Well, uh, there you go. Until maybe next year, another hard series <laughs> that we do. And we might process some more. But hopefully this was helpful just as we, been talking about this series and how we're taking this series and yeah. and the unseen realm and like baking it into the life of our church uh, as we process as pastors like what's what's going on in the congregation what's going on in the room that sort of thing so um, hopefully this was helpful and we will don't don't email hello at anymore because <laughs> we won't be checking it for like a year yes. so, till next time till yeah. next time all right see y'all Great. all right. Thank you.